Hey, buddy. What? So, you know the movie that I was most excited for in 2022? What is it? It's that latest sequel to the movie Twilight, where it takes place in an alter universe where, uh, like, Bella gets killed, and then Edward, Wait, um, Edward gets really depressed. And so what um, he does is that he moves from, like, the Pacific Northwest into the city called Gotham. Yeah, yeah I don't think that's how... And then he decides to become the vigilante I don't, known as I don't think emo that's how man. Twilight works. I said oh, emo wait, man. Who is emo man? Welcome to Geekology 101. My name is Diego. And my name is Joshua. And you are now tuned in to Geeky Conversations Between the Father and Son. Where we break down geekdom to a science. Yes, sir. And today is a very happy day for uh, comic book movie geeks because it is the week where... The Batman. We've been over Okay, whatever. The Batman has finally premiered. This is a movie that was all sorts of delayed due to COVID and the pandemic. Mm. Um, I'm really glad that they decided to hold off on, you know, releasing it and all that until now. Um, granted, there was still, like, I think production happening last year even because of all the COVID impacts on it. But regardless, the movie was released. The movie uh, was... It went through various iterations. At one point, this Batman solo film was supposed to be like a, a Ben Affleck Batman film. Really? Yeah, and he was supposed to like star in it, and he was going to direct it, and I think maybe even write it. I forgot about that. Yeah, that's how long this thing's been in like this weird limbo. It was and then supposed after to be that, a Ben Affleck one. Yeah, and then after that, he went away from <clears throat> uh, directing it, and then he was supposed to still star in it, and then afterwards, he wasn't even going to star in that anymore, and then his Batman took a different direction, and then Snyder cut, and then... You know, he's going to appear in The Flash, and who knows what the hell's happening in the multiverse. Stuff happened. Yeah. But eventually, it landed in the hands of director Matt Reeves. Matt Reeves is uh, one of my favorite directors in recent times. He directed Mm -hmm. the uh, Planet of the Apes movie series. Um, Awesome. I think we're both big fans, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then he he took this on and was... Uh, gonna give it his own spin. This was supposed to feel like a different Batman than what we've gotten before. Yeah. And I think they succeeded. They definitely did. They definitely did. It's gonna and... be hard for me to do not spoilers. <laughs> well, uh, before we even get into the non spoiler chat, uh, let's go ahead and talk first about some news. Buddy, are you familiar with the Bioshock game? Um, yes, I am. I actually, like, learned the story. I watched, like, a whole video about this story. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. So, Bioshock, for those of you who don't know, is a video game. It's uh, this category of, like, retro-futuristic. Yeah. Yeah, and so it has... Is, is, is it kind of, like, steampunkish? the technology in it? A little bit, That's what yeah. it's always kind of looked like to me. I, I haven't played it. It's made by um, it's made by 2K Games, um, and it's um, it consists the series consists of like three different games: Bioshock released in 2007, Bioshock 2 in 2010, and then um, Rapture. Rapture, yeah. Uh, now, uh, did you know that it is receiving a film adaptation on really? Netflix? Yeah, that should be interesting. It should be interesting. 
Um, and so it's going to be uh, one more test of the of the ever famous curse of video game movies to see if like they'll beat it or not. There's been like only like maybe two mm-hmm. video game movies. Yeah. That I've seen. Mm-hmm. That are like good. Yeah. <laughs> like kind of good. One of them is Sonic. Yeah. And then the other one is. I honestly can't remember. Like, there's so few video game movies that are good to me. Clearly, you're talking about Super Mario Bros. from the 90s. Yeah. That has to be your second favorite. A- absolutely. The Koopas were a very faithful adaptation. Yeah, they looked exactly Just like the like ones Just like it, yeah. Total turtle shells and all that. Hey, um, so what did you think of the Halo series on Paramount Plus? It came out? Nope. Okay. But someone must have seen it because apparently they decided to renew it for a second season already. Okay. <laughs> like, all right. Uh, but hey, maybe they, they saw something that we didn't, you know? Who knows? Maybe it's like uh, it's going to be Paramount Plus's Mando, you know? Mm-hmm. Could be. Uh, man, Paramount Plus is, uh, they're, they're, they're doing a lot of work trying to, like, reinvent their brand. Mm-hmm. Um, like Paramount used to be the parent company used to be called Viacom CBS or CBS Viacom, something like that. They used to be owned by Viacom? They were Viacom. And like eventually, like they decided very recently, they announced that they were going to um, rebrand just as Paramount. So the entire company is now just Paramount. Oh. And of course, Paramount Plus is their streaming service and they're making all sorts of big moves. I mean, Halo is going to be a pretty ambitious, I think, uh, mm-hmm. um kind of like tentpole show for yeah. that platform. It's definitely going to make us stay, stay uh, subscribed to Paramount, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, they... Did you know that they apparently bought comicbook.com? They did? Yeah. Like the guys from like uh, uh, Phase Zero podcast and the you know uh, Comic Book Nation and all that, all those, like they're now... Employees of Paramount. <laughs> really? It's crazy, yeah. And their podcasts are actually available on Paramount Plus. I sound like I'm making a commercial for them. Anyway, the point is that Paramount's making big moves. Like they're There are podcasts on Paramount Plus. Yeah. Dang. Yeah, so they're they're making moves, man, and Paramount's trying to like, you know, really stake its claim within the whole uh, streaming wars. Absolutely. Yeah. Hey, Spider Man uh, No Way Home, you know? Uh, we've been tracking the uh, box office records. And I, finally, I'm honestly scared to know how much money. It well, made. I don't have exact numbers this time around, but it was interesting that finally it beat Avatar uh, in domestic box office. Numbers. Really? Yeah. That is surprising. Yeah, it passed Avatar. So Spider-Man: No Way Home, like it's a movie that keeps on. I honestly kicking. don't why people like Avatar that much. Like it's a really good movie. Yeah. But like, not that good. You don't think so? It's, like, really good, but not that really good. Mm. At least to me. I I mean, it was, yeah, it was entertaining. I honestly didn't think that they didn't ever need a, a sequel or anything. Mm-hmm. But apparently they're planning, like, five. Yeah. That's not even a joke. Speaking of Paramount, so Paramount made this announcement when they announced uh, all of their, like, changes to their brand and all that. Mm-hmm. They made the announcement that they were... Getting the uh, the gang of the Enterprise back together, the Star Trek movies that were rebooted by, like, soft rebooted, softly rebooted by J.J. Um, Abrams. Mm-hmm. And they said that they were going to get them together for another film and that they were going to reunite the whole cast, you know? 
of the of of the J.J. Abrams yeah. reboot. But you know who didn't know about this? Who? The cast of the J.J. Abrams reboot. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, like, they all started saying in interviews, they're like, I don't know what Paramount is talking about, but they haven't talked to me about anything. Dang. So now, Paramount, uh, apparently, they like they jumped the gun and they made that announcement to because all these little announcements, they add more value to your brand than to your company. Yeah. So when you have your shareholders there listening to you, they want to know that you're making big moves. Mm-hmm. And of course, Star Trek is such a big deal and all that. Uh, so yeah, they announced this thing, but they got ahead of themselves before they even talked to the artists. So now like they're going to be a really expensive cast because now that they committed to making the movie, people are expecting that. Yeah. So now they're going to be like, oh, really? Okay, well, I want double. <laughs> As in a Mac double, Mac double with bacon and some Big Mac sauce. But I want a Big Mac. I'm kind of hungry. John Cena is set to star in Coyote vs. Acme for Warner Brothers. Isn't (laughs) Coyote the guy? So he is supposed to be... So Coyote, the guy from Roadrunner. Yeah. um, Wally Coyote. Yeah. The guy who's constantly purchasing Acme products. By the way, I don't know how in the world this guy... Has the money. Like, where does How he get is he money? so rich? Yeah, and why doesn't he use that money to just, like, start breeding roadrunners in captivity so he has all the lunch he ever needs? That's true. I mean, am I right? Uh, you, uh, oh, my God. And that's why they target us with cartoons when we're kids, because we don't actually think of common sense things. That's true. But anyway, speaking of common sense, or lack thereof, uh, so John Cena is going to star in this movie. He's going to be apparently kind of like a, an, antagon- an antagonistic character, though. Yeah. Uh, so It's going to follow, like, a lawyer who's down on his luck, and then he decides to represent Wally Coyote. Mm-hmm. As he's suing the Acme company, which I think is pretty funny. Yeah, because like in in the show, all of these like products mm-hmm. they always fail. Right. And now the Coyote is suing Acme. <laughs> yeah, it's about time. Uh, justice for Coyote. And uh, and John Cena is going to be playing the boss, the former boss of that of that lawyer who's helping Wally Coyote. Uh, from the firm that I used to work at or something like that. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I didn't ask for this movie. I don't know. I'm guessing someone did. I mean, but we're going to watch it. Did you ask for this movie? No. I mean, I may watch it in, like, on HBO Max. (laughs) No no joke there. I may watch it in HBO Max. Um, Netflix. Stranger Things. Season 5. 4. We haven't gotten season 4 yet, but season 5, it was announced, was going to be the last season. Bruh. How do you feel about that? I gotta be honest, man. Stranger Things has been away for like so long at this point. (laughs) I kind of like, I lost the charm of the show. I don't know. Yeah, I I think Stranger Things, honestly, Mm -hmm. like what what um what was the like kind of era of um of season three? Was that the nineties? I think maybe the 80s, late, late 80s, maybe somewhere okay. around there. So if it, if that was the 80s and season four mm-hmm. is going to be the 90s, I think it would make sense mm-hmm. for um, Stranger Things season five yeah. or the whole Stranger Things show to end in the 2000s. Oh, that'd be interesting if they actually take it all the way to the 
to the to the 21st century. Mm. It, it actually kind of makes sense. There's something about that show that probably should end in the 21st century. Yeah, um, that's going to be interesting. But but apparently it was always planned this way. So mm. they had a target, they had a, a goal in mind for how they were going to end it, mm. and uh, and they were always planning that it was going to end here. I don't know if it precisely was season five or if maybe they stretched it out a little bit. Who knows? But um, but they are going to kind of conclude things until ten years down the road when they revive Stranger Things. Yeah, as when they're like grandparents or something. Mm-hmm. Still playing Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. <laughs> They probably will. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of Netflix, so all the Marvel Netflix shows, Daredevil, Jessica Jones, uh, Defenders, The Punisher, um, Luke Cage, and The Unfortunate Iron Fist, uh, mm-hmm. all those shows we already knew were exiting uh, Netflix. But. But. They, oh. they are entering oh. Disney Plus. Heck yeah. And they're entering Disney Plus with pretty impressive amount of importance. Mm-hmm. Because that was a lot of peace. Pretty impressive amount of importance. Anyway, um, not only are they bringing them to Disney Plus, but remember these shows are pretty grown up. Like there's a lot of violence. There's you know some sexual content in some of them. There's a uh, uh, a lot of violence. And in the case of Punisher, there's like ten times that amount of violence. Yeah. Um. So with that in mind. Disney Plus, Disney being like this family brand and all that, they prepared so that people could have an option. So there's like parental controls that are being introduced on March 16th, I think it is, Mm -hmm. that are going to give parents the ability to like censor, you know, rated R content or mature content or whatever. There actually already was a thing where you could make a channel specifically or where you could make an account specifically for kids. Okay. Or a profile Mm -hmm. for kids. But I guess they just want to go this step further. Yeah. Um, But this tells us something really important about Disney Plus, right? And it's that not only are they willing to entertain the more, you know, campy, family-friendly Marvel stuff, but they're willing to get dark. Yeah. Right? And kind of, like, trust that the viewers are going to be in control of their own viewing experience. I mean, if The Punisher is going to be on Disney+. Plus, Yeah, that's, like, by far the most extreme thing on Disney+, Plus now. Yeah. Once it arrives, for sure. Um, What do you think they're going to do with those series? Are they going... You think they should... Adopt them as official canon stories? Yes. Or do you think... I mean, well, we already know that they kind of are. Sort of. but they Daredevil could easy, is. They could easily say that those are variants. And continue the actors and the, playing those characters, but, you know, not have to worry about those shows because they, they can label them as variants from the multiverse. But how would Daredevil be a really good lawyer? <laughs> Right. If he wasn't, if he was, if he was a variant. Here's what I think, man. I think that with the fanfare that they're being brought in, where they're actually changing the streaming platform in a way mm-hmm. to accommodate this kind of content. Yeah. Um, it seems to me like they're giving it enough importance that we're going to be able to consider this thing, you know, canon. Now, 
it will depend also on how they treat it once it's already there. So, like, for example, there's, like, pretty key indicators of when these things take place within the MCU timeline. Is there? Yeah, just like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. By the way, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is also arriving to Disney+. Plus. It is. Yeah. And Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was definitely, like, thirsty for the MCU. Like, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. followed cues from the MCU for most of its plot lines. Mm -hmm. So, you know how, like, on Disney+, Plus, you have things broken down by, like phases of the MCU mm. or by like a character storyline or whatever. Yeah. You gotta wonder, are they gonna factor in these shows now? Are they gonna be showing up and like saying like, okay, after the Avenger the events of Avengers, is that where in the timeline we're gonna see Daredevil show up, for example? Oh maybe they could do a thing where uh you know how they do the thing like Marvel Cinematic Universe in order? Yeah. You know how they have that? Maybe for example they could do like Oh, and after uh, after Avengers Age of Ultron, mm -hmm. watch Daredevil Season 2. Right, exactly. And, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Something like that. Um, but this is very exciting to me. Also because of the fact that now we know that maybe Moon Knight will be more violent than mm -hmm. anything else we've seen from Marvel shows so far. Yeah, you know? we literally saw a, like a guy getting shot in the head. And then, like, falling. We didn't see it. But we could see the blood. I guess. I guess. But, yeah, and he beat down that, that demon creature pretty well. Yeah. So, so it's exciting to think that we can have some of that darker content on Disney Plus and that they're not going to be all shaken up about their brand or whatever. I like it. I embrace it. Uh, most importantly, though, I really don't care for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., there's a lot of people that swear by the show and that really love it and that wish that it was canon, like fully canon. Yeah. Maybe they'll canonize it. That one definitely seems like it would be a multiverse thing because that one has like Inhumans mixed into the things and the Terrigen Mist and they have a different Darkhold book. Oh, yeah. I forgot that's a dark. Oh, yeah. and this, this one guy literally went into the quantum realm. Really? Mm-hmm. There you go. Right. So there's like a ton of stuff there. <clears throat> That kind of would clash, you know, with, with main continuity. Yeah. But if there's one thing that I want to salvage from that show, you know what it is. Go ahead and tell the people. Robbie Reyes Ghost Rider. Thanks, Skippy, man. I want that Ghost Rider, man. That also, dude, to it, me, that dude was the best part of that entire show. No, yeah. and actually, Daisy Daisy was pretty cool, too. Quake. Yeah, she's cool. She was pretty cool. But I also I saw in that show mm -hmm. um, Ghost Rider create... A pretty Doctor Strange-looking portal with his chain. Oh, yeah, you're right. He, like, swirled mm -hmm. it around, and then, like, it looked like a Doctor Strange-type portal. I remember that. You're right. You're <coughs> right. But, yeah, um, pretty exciting, man, to finally see these shows coming home and, like, be embraced. Um, it's just crazy. I don't know where we're going to land with this whole multiverse thing, everything that uh, Spider-Man No Way Home uh, began, that uh, Multiverse of Madness is clearly going to continue. Mm -hmm. um, it, it's insane, but I'm here for all of it, and it's all really exciting news. All right, let's go ahead and uh, take a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about Le Batman. And we're going to first have a spoiler-free discussion, but then when you hear that iconic... Spoiler alert. Spoiler you better jump ship because we're going to talk freely. So we'll be right back. Man, buddy. What? Aren't you completely tired of audiobooks? Absolutely not. Really? 
No, no way. But you've you've heard like I don't know what like like twenty audiobooks or something at this point. Here's the thing, though. Here's the thing. Mm-hmm. If an audiobook is good to me, then I will keep on re-listening to it. Uh, you're trying to tell me that uh, your audiobook collection is probably going to end up being like two hundred deep, like me. Yeah. Well, I'm not tired of it either. Because audiobooks are incredible, and they keep me company, and they teach me, and they entertain me, and they make me laugh, and a whole bunch of other stuff. What are you listening to recently? I am listening to a book called Hello Neighbor Puzzle Master by Carly Ann West. Man, you just keep on getting into the Hello Neighbor world, huh? (laughs) Yeah. What are you listening to? Well, right now I'm listening to this book by Alan Watts. I love Alan Watts, and I love listening to his audiobooks. It's called Just So. Uh, but I've got a couple of other books lined up that I'm really, really looking forward to. There's this book by Neil Gaiman, who is a pretty famous comic book writer called Norse Mythology. And it's where he's taking like all the characters and the lore of Norse mythology and like giving it a new spin somehow. I'm going to get into that soon. And then uh, most excited about Alien 3, a book that is based on the original script of the Alien 3 movie that never actually got fully made. Mm-hmm. So really looking forward to that. You too could enjoy your very first Audible book for free. You can do so by going over to audibletrial.com slash G101. That's audibletrial.com slash G101. Your first audiobook will be on us. You'll be supporting the show, and we will love you forever. You're supposed to say 3,000. And we will love you 3,000 times forever. What a fake fan. Okay. Let's just move on. And we're back, and we're ready to talk about the Batman. Not just Batman. The Batman. Yes, sir. T-H-E, but a capital T. Um, So we had the opportunity to uh, purchase tickets to the fan Mm pre-screening. And so we got to see the Batman yesterday. We're recording this on a Wednesday. We saw it on the Tuesday night, the Tuesday before it uh, premieres. Mm -hmm. And... um, we saw it on IMAX, which was great. Yeah. Big screen, bright screen, great sound, etc. Like that whole theater was like rumbling whenever there was loud noise. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I just snorted. Duh. Oh dear. Your your professor pig. That guess, that, that one Batman villain that nobody likes. Oh, thanks, man. No, no, I didn't Jesus. I didn't I didn't mean like you. Couldn't I have been like Clayface or something? I, I, like, didn't, I didn't mean you. Wow, you literally said me. <laughs> Okay, I see how it is, man. I see how it is. I'm gonna. I keep my. I keep a tally here. Oh God! I'm gonna take down the note here. You call me Professor Pig. Punish him for that. Okay. Um. So, man. Um. Overall thoughts, right? We're spoiler free right now, so don't worry. Don't head for the hills yet if you haven't seen it. Uh, we're not gonna talk anything plot wise, anything story wise, aside from what's been shown in the trailers. Yeah. Aside um, from like obvious. Yeah. Um. So, overall, give me your first impression, man. What did you think of the movie? Good. Good? (laughs) V-E-R-Y space V-E-R-Y space V-E-R-Y space G-O-O-D. All right. You can just say the words, you know, like you don't have to no, spell I'm it. No, I'm fine. I'm fine. Anyway, I, I agree, man. This movie was very, 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 very good. It it met my expectations and surprised me in several ways. I loved the 
feel of it, like the city, Gotham, was presented in a way that I don't think we've ever seen it presented to mm-hmm. this degree. Um, I loved the this interpretation of Batman, yeah, that Matt Reeves gave us, and that you know, obviously Robert Pattinson, um, as a, the actor, gave us. Uh, the Riddler to me immediately shot to like top two <laughs> in my list yeah. of uh, Batman villains on screen. He was awesome. Th- that first scene that had the Riddler in it, mm-hmm. that was horrifying. It really was. It really was. Like this was uh I, I don't we I don't think we've ever gotten a villain like this ever in in, in Batman films because like the Joker in uh Christopher Nolan's trilogy was the closest thing. Yeah. Um like truly psychotic, right? Like like a uh serial killer, you know, type of character. Well, I feel like the the Riddler mm-hmm. in this movie was way more that. That's what I'm saying. I feel like the Joker yeah. in the Christopher Nolan movies mm-hmm. was much more like self-controlled. Yes, correct. And like smart with how he does things. You know, it's really interesting. Like I keep on debating <laughs> like how I, I keep on wanting to tell myself like, you know what? This, these, these two characters are actually kind of similar. The Riddler from this movie and, and the Joker, Heath Ledger's Joker. But then I then I found myself kind of like pausing. I was like, but no, wait, no, they're not. Mm-hmm. And I think it's what you're saying. Like the the Joker and Christopher and, and Nolan's trilogy was he himself described has described himself as a, like a, an agent of chaos, right? Mm-hmm. And so he wanted to to just upset the established order. I'm pretty much like quoting him. Yeah. Um, and he didn't really. He had people that he murdered and targeted and stuff like that. So in that sense, they were pretty similar. Mm-hmm. But there's just something about this Riddler that felt like a real life serial killer to yeah. me. You know, like the serial killers that we listen about or they hear about in the true crime podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, he was a hunter. He was like a predator in this thing. And he yeah. was menacing and legitimately creepy. Um, it, it was awesome. Like this truly was, you know, a Riddler story as a villain from beginning to end. Um, the movie was long. It, it was. It was it's like three hours. Yeah. Um, and you felt the time passing. Mm-hmm. I don't know about you, but there were points where I'm like, wow, yeah, this really is long. But I wasn't mad about it. Yeah. Like, I was it, it, legitimately. It pays off. It really does, yeah. Oh, my God, yeah, the third act is freaking crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, that is one of the, like, craziest things that I've ever seen happen to Gotham. No doubt, yeah. And um, I really like the fact that this was a mystery movie, you mm-hmm. know? Like, there was a major crime happening, and there was a big mystery in the air. And so we got to see Batman, even more than in the Nolan films, we got to see Batman truly as the detective. Yeah, he was, like, much more of the world's greatest detective mm-hmm. in this movie than he was as, as I am the vengeance, I <laughs> yeah. am the knight, I am Batman. Yeah. You know, I kept on thinking about the the Arkham games mm-hmm. and how the Riddler in those games is like this side villain almost, right? Like he's not really the main villain, yeah. But he's there the entire freaking time on all three games. Yeah, that's <laughs> you true. Know? And, and like you, you can never really 
catch him. You can't. Yeah, that's the interesting thing about it. Um, and then, of course, like if you want to, if you want to get closer and closer to catching him, and you see, you just started playing um, Arkham Knight. Yeah. Um, you have to solve his riddles. You have to play his game, and that's how I mm-hmm. felt in this movie. Like Batman had no choice. Like I think he even uh, said something to the to that extent to Commissioner Gordon. Like whether we want to or not, we have to play his game. Mm-hmm. And that's a pretty powerful position to be in mm-hmm. as a villain. You yeah. know what I mean? I feel like there were some scenes mm-hmm. where I really feel like Batman was using detective vision. <laughs> <laughs> well, we kind of... Well, I'm not yeah, going to spoil anything, but... Uh, okay, and, and then the other thing. Um, the, the, the people, like the people in the city. Mm-hmm. We got... Plenty of time spent on like the people of the city to the point where, like, I feel like I know Gotham now more than I ever knew it, at least from on screen from film. And yeah. I never want to go to that place. Never. Ever. Doubt, like, yeah. <laughs> it was horrible. Like, the Nolan trilogy actually built Gotham around, uh, around Chicago as a template. Mm-hmm. And it was like shot in Chicago and stuff like that. Only some, only one of them. Oh, really? Just the Dark Knight? Yeah, the e- each Nolan film was shot in a different city. Oh, okay. Or but state. it really did seem like Chicago was the template for it. It had yeah. like very like a lot of brown and gray buildings. Like it felt like like Chicago. Whereas this one went back to uh, New York as a template. Yeah. Like to the point where it had like. Instead of Madison Square Garden, it had Gotham Square Garden and mm-hmm. a whole bunch of other things that were like clearly templated around New York. Um, but yeah, the, the city, man, the way that the corruption in the city was displayed and how well they wrote that into the movie, mm-hmm. you know, to the point where you can understand why Gotham is as messed up as it is. And the way that they tied that back into like Bruce's story and his history. Um, what did you think about Selena Kyle, Catwoman? I think that in this movie, mm-hmm. well, first of all, that mask is horrible. <laughs> that that <laughs> Come that, on, man. that Catwoman, it's cute. like it's covering like only her like nose, right? That's weird. Yeah, I guess, but I, I like the, the little implied ears in the back of the name. Yeah, you the you can cap. just barely see them. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was kind of cute. Um. I wonder what it is why I mean I guess I understand why they stay away from going full catwoman but it's interesting to me that on film it was Michelle Pfeiffer in Batman Returns who was truly dressed like catwoman yeah with some differences like the stitching and all that you know that was that wasn't like from the comics but uh then aside from that it was Halle Berry's uh, catwoman in the early 2000s I guess remember in that what? Have you ever seen that one? <laughs> in the Catwoman movie? Oh, yeah. I forgot about that movie. <laughs> yeah, that's one that we tend to forget exists. She wasn't even Selena Kyle in that movie. She wasn't? Her name wasn't Selena Kyle in that oh, movie. Oh, I, I didn't remember that. Huh. But anyway, yeah. Like, those two kind of, you know, had the the mask, you know, and yeah. the, the headgear. Um, but aside from that, like, they really strayed away from using the, the full cat suit. Mm-hmm. And I thought that at some point in this one we were going to see it. Really? Yeah, yeah. I, I was kind of expecting it. But I guess they're not ready for that. They're not ready. But then again, yeah. we never know what's going to happen in sequels, right? Yeah, and there definitely is going to be 
a sequel. You better believe it. Um, what did you think of Commissioner Gordon in this movie? Without any spoilers. Um, he seemed... Well, he's definitely not Commissioner yet. Oh, you're right, yeah. He's... He's just Officer Gordon, I think. Or Detective Gordon? Yeah, Detective Gordon. I guess. Um... Uh, it seems like he's the only cop that is nice to Batman, or at <laughs> oh least, God. like, semi-nice. Yo, the relationship between Gotham and the GCPD in this movie is, like, seriously strained. Like, yeah. Wow. Gotham and the GCPD's relationship is seriously Did strained. Did I just say that? Yeah, you just That's said Gotham just said and that? the GCPD. Yeah, thank, thanks, <laughs> thanks for kicking me on down. I appreciate that. So bad, <laughs> bad, but the, I'm not wrong either. In yeah, that mistake, that, that's true. Because Gotham's relationship with the GCPD is pretty strained. But yeah, Batman's man, like they straight up breaking into fist fights and whatnot. Like, yeah, they do not like Batman. And for context, it's been two years since Batman has been Batman. Yeah. So this is also pretty new, right? Mm-hmm. And the, the relationship is developing, and because of the level of corruption, there's just like. There's no way that the majority of law enforcement are going to like Batman. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, so, yeah, the, the the relationship between Batman and Gordon is pretty well played out. Um, there's a lot of elements from this that are uh, that draw inspiration from, um, from a graphic novel or from a comic. Uh, I finally re- realized which one it was. It wasn't Earth One or Year One. It was Year Zero. Year Zero? Yeah. It was year zero, and this was um, it was like a, a series that was written by um, uh, by Scott Snyder and drawn by Greg Capullo. These two dudes won awards for their work on Batman back during the uh, the New Fifty Two run. Oh, like they're the ones that began the Batman uh, imprint. Oh, and then a, a few years into it, I think they went and they wrote this whole thing uh, called Year Zero, which is like. Basically, the forming the forming year of Batman, mm-hmm. and when he's first experimenting with it. Um, so there's a lot of elements that are drawn from this. Partly the relationship with Gordon and stuff like that, and with the GCPD, they don't trust him there either. Um, but yeah, uh, I thought that the movie was phenomenal. It gave me one of the best Batman villains, one of the best Batman incarnations. Yeah. Um. I love this Commissioner Gordon. I love this Gotham City. I even love this Penguin, honestly. Mm-hmm. More than other incarnations of the Penguin. There was a couple scenes that were funny from him. Yeah, he actually brought in some comedy, which is pretty cool. Colin, Colin, uh, what's his name? Farrell. Is it Colin Farrell? I don't know. Yeah, I think it is Colin Farrell. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. Colin Farrell, man, like... It, with all the prosthetics and stuff, he loses. He's lost in that in those prosthetics. Like, I can't tell that it's him. I, I don't remember what he looks like to begin <laughs> with. Like I, I don't even know what he looks like. Uh, you remember the guy who played um, who played Bullseye in the Ben Affleck Daredevil movie? Him? Yeah, that's him. <laughs> what the heck? Yeah, all these prosthetics and stuff, man. He was great. He was great. There were only like a couple of times when I even heard uh, Colin Farrell's like tone of voice coming through, but aside from that, he really did a great job with the character. Um, uh, what else can we talk about without spoilers? Anything else that you want to say before we give our rating of the film? Um, to the Batman. 
What? A lot of to the Batman. <laughs> yes, a lot of little uh, the uh, love notes. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of love, a lot of love notes from 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 Riddler to Batman. Yeah. Oh, um, what did you think of Bruce Wayne? I'm in love with an emo girl. <laughs> uh, this is this was the this is the weird part, right, of this movie. Yeah, like Bruce Wayne has always been like when he's in his Bruce Wayne persona. Yeah. He's always been like, oh, a charismatic billionaire philanthropist, right. playboy, mm-hmm. technology person. Yeah. But he was not th- that at all in this movie. He no, not at all. As a matter of fact, he was really barely in the movie. Yeah, Bruce Wayne was barely in the movie. Like, this is a movie that gives us, and I'm not complaining about this, but it's like 90%, as far as like Robert Pattinson being on screen, Mm -hmm. it's like 90% Batman, 10% Bruce Wayne. Yeah. It's crazy. And and we're talking about Bruce Wayne, like, being out and about in the world. Because we do see him, you know, in, in the cave and with Alfred and whatnot, but... But it's surprising how much Batman we get in comparison to Bruce Wayne. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have thoughts on why that is, which we can talk about during the spoiler session. But um, I liked the fact that we got so much Batman. Yeah. Um, they didn't shy away from it. As a matter of fact, the pacing, because this movie is three hours long, the pacing of when Batman is on screen, like they can take their time yeah. with making the man appear. And not just the first time he appears on screen. Like, from there on, there's other moments where, like, they still take their time. And they he were like, appears and emerges from shadows and it's menacing and the sound of his boots stomping yeah, the ground. Like, there there were, like, five times where there was, like, a dark area. Mm-hmm. And then you just hear those boots <laughs> clinking on the <laughs> ground. And and there was a, like a like a kind of like with um, Boba Fett in the Boba Fett series. Mm-hmm. Like, a, the cowboy spurs sound. Like, ksh- yeah. There was that also thrown along with the stomp. So there was like this really kind of eerie thing. Like, who the heck is coming out of the shadows? And again, the pacing of those scenes were so important to establish how intimidating Batman this Batman was, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and like, when he was around with cops and stuff like that, I love the fact that he kind of stood his ground. And he's so tall. Uh-huh. He stood... And people had to, like, move around him. Like, he wasn't moving around for anybody. People moved around him like if he was a fixture, you know? Mm -hmm. There was just these little subtle details, man, that I absolutely loved. Like, if you're a criminal who has clown face painting on, and you're on a train, and you're trying to beat up some unsuspecting Asian guy, like we saw in the movie... Mm-hmm. And then some guy beats up one of your dudes and he's like, I am Batman. I am vengeance. Whatever he says. Like, <laughs> you're going to be intimidated. No doubt. Um, so right now, <clears throat> the Batman is sitting at an 86% on on uh, Rotten Tomatoes. It's only been out for this today. Is, this is only from critics. This is the important thing here. This is an 86% from critics, and it's very difficult for a comic book movie to get an 86% from critics these days. Like, this is it's pretty, it's pretty impressive. So, and, that, and the audience score, of course, hasn't even come in. It hasn't even been released yet because it, it hasn't been released widely yet to, to the general audience. It literally came out as we're recording this today. <clears throat> yeah. So, man, um, this movie... Critically is doing great. I can't imagine that audiences aren't going to love this thing. Like, yeah, it, it's just a really, really good movie. Um, so 
I think we're ready to talk spoilers. Are you? I am definitely, absolutely ready. <laughs> All right. If you have not seen The Batman, do yourself a favor. Put this on pause. Come back to it after you've seen the movie. Believe me, you want to go into this movie unspoiled. Um, get lost in the mystery of it. Don't watch videos. Stay away from Twitter. Just go watch a thing. Did you say Twitter? Twitter. I said Twitter. Stay away from Twitter, folks. You have been warned. Spoiler alert for The Batman. All right. Uh, so we're not going to talk necessarily in any specific order. Yeah. Um, what was your favorite part of this movie? Talking completely free. The end yeah. where um, I'm not even going to say spoilers, even though I just said it. <laughs> um, where Edward, yeah. well, the Riddler, mm-hmm. planted bombs yeah. in the... In the, like, massive dome that protects Gotham from the ocean. Mm-hmm. And then he just blew it up. Wait, a dome? What do you mean a dome? The city wall? Whatever that thing's called. Well, he he broke, he broke some sort of, like... Yeah, I guess he broke some sort of sewer access. No. He planted the bombs in the vans in strategic spots so that... It would break some kind of barriers that would let water in from Gotham Harbor. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, that's what you mean by dome. Yeah, there. Because it wasn't really a dome. Not, I mean, not, a, inst- not a dome, but like a dam. Okay. Yeah. Right. Kind Something of. like that. Some yeah. kind of barriers that were keeping Gotham Harbor water in. Yeah, and oh. he exploded seven bombs. Was well, it seven? Okay. Uh, along that, and the whole thing just flooded in. Yeah, man, what a what a freaking uh, master plan that this guy had. Yeah, and like he was genuinely sad when Batman yeah. came to visit him, and then he realized <laughs> that Batman hadn't figured it out. Yeah, that's one thing that I loved about this. You get that a lot during the Arkham games, where like Riddler really sees Batman as his only intellectual rival, mm-hmm. and he expects Batman, you know, to feel challenged by him. And there's, like, this weird respect that he has for Batman, you know? Yeah. In a way. But then at the same time, he's always, like, dissing him, you know? Mm -hmm. And, like, telling him, like, man, you're not as smart as me, Dark Knight. You know, all that stuff. Yeah. With his annoying voice. Yeah. And there's a lot of that in this movie, in this Riddler. And we, especially at the end when he finally, like, turns himself in. Because he really lets himself be captured. Yeah, which was definitely part of his plan. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, he wants for Batman to meet him at Arkham Asylum, and he wants for the both of them to be there during that moment when the bombs are exploding. And he expects Batman to have figured the entire mystery out, and mm-hmm. he hasn't. There was still a part that was missing. Yeah. Um, it was just, uh, it was it was really great, man, like, to see the Riddler truly, like, at his best. Like, you see him in comics and in, um, and in some other... Uh, like cartoon shows and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the Riddler, wow, bro, what a villain. Um, really psychotic killer. The way he killed, you know, suffocation, bomb attached to the neck, like Saw style. Yeah. Um, all sorts of crazy stuff. That scene with the, the what was it, the district attorney that he attached the bomb around his so neck. That was so tense. Yo. Like, especially wow. during the final seconds, like he was like, one riddle left. Yep. Well, um, who is the rat? That was so intense. And then, like, he just wouldn't give the name he up. Wouldn't. 
I'm and guessing then, he was afraid for his family or something. I don't know. Yeah. But it was like really tense because like you you had Riddler on the on the phone of the on the screen of the phone. Yeah, like the, and you the, had Batman right in front of the dude of the DA trying to tell him was like, dude, you're about to die. Mm-hmm. You know, give him the answer. Like Batman was even helping him solving the riddles for him. Uh huh. Which is really cool, by the way. Like, uh. Uh, Riddler had three riddles, mm. and if he did the three riddles, Riddler would give the DA the, the combination to unlock his his collar thing, his bomb. Yeah. Uh, and so Batman was trying to like rush it along by giving him the answers to the riddles because this guy wouldn't have figured it out, obviously. Yeah. And um, even with Batman's help, like the guy wouldn't do anything. And then he eventually he told Batman as the timer was like counting down the last twenty seconds, and you could see the timer on his neck. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and like he's saying, like you don't get it. You're talking to a dead man. I'm already dead. I'm already dead. And then boom. Like, yeah. Batman goes off flying, bomb blows up. Like, it's really, it was really tense. Yeah, like, I didn't expect him to actually die. Yeah, I thought that, I thought that Batman was going to save him. Yeah, I, th- I thought that it would be, like, a last second thing. Right. Like, like most movies. Yeah, exactly. This is, this movie is not like most movies it, at all. No, it's not. It's really not. Um, so, yeah, those scenes, man, oh, my God. Just tense. All the Riddler's puzzles. Like, the layers upon layers of Riddler's, you know, riddles and puzzles and things. Yeah. Um, it was, like, completely crazy how many hoops he made Batman jump through and how many, how, many, how much stuff he had to, like, analyze from different perspectives and stuff. Like, mm-hmm. the whole thing with, with, uh, with El Rata Alada. Oh, yeah. That was crazy, right? Because he gave him this riddle where, like, Batman figured out that it was, like, in Spanish. Mm-hmm. It was El Rata Alada, which would mean the winged bat with the winged rat. Yeah, the winged rat. Now, the rat is really important in the movie because somebody is ratting out the criminals mm-hmm. um, and cooperating with law enforcement. And so Batman thought that it was like a jab at him, you know, a winged rat, bat. Um, and then he thought that it was like it had to do with uh, what was it? Uh, the penguin, uh-huh. and that's why he went after the penguin. Like the penguins mm-hmm. have, you know, wings. Maybe the penguin's the rat, you know. Mm-hmm. So like it, the whole thing was like this hunt for this niche, basically. Yeah. You know, for this rat, and um, because he, the Riddler, told Batman through a riddle, like if you find that rat, you'll find me. Yeah. And so, sure enough, like it ended. Which up was kind of true. Yeah, it ended up being that he wasn't saying, "You are." El Rata Alada, like you are the winged rat. Mm-hmm. He was saying U R L. U R L, as in like the <laughs> website. website. U R L Rata Alada, and yeah. so Batman went and immediately put it in RataAlada.com, and boom, there he is. Like you know, there's Riddler. He communicates with Riddler. That was so funny. The whole penguin thing. <laughs> yeah. He was like, "Am I the only one that knows the difference between yeah. L and La? No well, habla es yeah. español." <laughs> yeah. I'm telling you, man, Penguin was great in this movie. Yeah. He was great. He brought some comic relief, and, and but he really did seem like that mobster character, you know, like a, like a mm-hmm. gangster character. And there were two big gangster characters in this. There were, yeah. Um, well, let's see, what else? Uh, as far as the... Uh, I like the progression of Batman and Bruce Wayne's perspective throughout the whole movie mm-hmm. where it begins and he's all about I'm vengeance, you know, left yeah. and right. I'm vengeance. Uh, 
And, and like to the point where the criminals know already that he says that, and like Penguin was starting to make was making fun of him, calling and, him vengeance. Yeah, and then Catwoman keeps on calling him vengeance. <laughs> yeah, and so like there's this like recurring thing with with that, and he feels like he's he's gonna punish criminals, and like that's his role in Gotham. Yeah, and he's not even sure that he's making a difference, mm-hmm. but he's still gonna do it anyway. And he has to be this element of vengeance and fear in the city. But by the end of the movie, he starts realizing that, oh, I think it's when one of Riddler's thugs, when he gets caught, the last one that he beats up, Mm -hmm. when he gets caught and the thug says, like, you know, when Commissioner, when Gordon takes off his mask, he's like, who the hell are you anyway? And the guy's like, I am vengeance. I am vengeance. That's when it kind of clicks for him. And he realizes he's like... He shouldn't be vengeance. Yeah, he shouldn't be vengeance. And then he goes and starts helping people. And in the process of helping people, they really took their time showing him helping people, like rescuing people. And in the process of helping people, that's when he comes to the realization that he should be a symbol of hope for Mm -hmm. people. Oh, Um, by the way, if you still don't get what Riddler's whole motive was, mm -hmm. like I kind of did until my father explained it to me, Mm -hmm. basically... The Riddler, he just wants, like, the corruption and, like, all the lies and stuff and the corruption in the government mm-hmm. to end. Yeah. Not even to end. He just wants to expose the yeah. corruption. Um, he was an accountant, which is crazy. Like, he was a guy who... who you know, worked with numbers and did num- uh, accounting for people, mm-hmm. and he somehow came across the the money corruption in the in the um, what is the initiative that Thomas Wayne began? The renewal. The renewal fund. He saw and he really realized that that fund had be, had, be, had been taken over by the criminal element in the city after Thomas Wayne was killed. Yeah. And he realized that this whole thing that was supposed to be so good for the city was actually a cover up for all the criminal money, and mm-hmm. they were paying. They're using it to like pay off, you know, judges and the district attorney and the freaking mayor of the city. Like everybody was being paid off by this thing. And so when he realized that, that there's a part where he says, where Riddler says, that that's when he realized that this was now his purpose. Yeah, exposing all this. And um, and he basically set set up this very very long and elaborate scheme um, to expose everything and at the in the process like punish a lot of the key players from that whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then his last target was actually Bruce Wayne. Yeah, you know. And uh, instead, uh, good old Alfred ended up getting the blunt side of that weapon. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry though, he didn't die. He didn't, and that's good. Um, we talked a little bit about how Bruce Wayne was pretty absent in this thing. Mm-hmm. And so this is definitely an emo Bruce Wayne. Like, yeah. No ifs and buts about it. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. Mm-hmm. This is a very like depressed kind of Bruce Wayne. And because he doesn't know how to be Bruce Wayne yet. He hasn't seen a need for it. Yeah. Right? And this is kind of what I, what we were talking about when we, were, when we left the theater yesterday. That... In my eyes, this is the second year of him being Batman. He hasn't yet discovered the usefulness of acting as Bruce Wayne, as that persona. And it's funny because the Riddler figured out that puzzle. Of 
like when he was talking to him in Arkham Asylum, the Riddler told him, "Is like this is you're not really Bruce Wayne." Like when he was basically, oh, when Batman asked him, "Is like why haven't you outed me?" If you know my secret identity, because he did, he figured it out. By the way, the Riddler. Yeah, it it was like so creepy. Yeah. When when he kept on saying Bruce, Bruce Wayne. Wayne. <laughs> Bruce Wayne. Yeah. This dude was crazy. Man. Also, I they, they did they did make mm-hmm. a a point to show yeah that the camera yeah was off. Oh yes, correct. Right, so, so no so, one was hearing this. No one was recording yeah. this. Correct, yeah. Um, I'm guessing Batman asked for that, right? Yeah. Um, so so when Batman asked him, like, why haven't you outed me? He told me because because I understand the mask. Mm-hmm. Like, when I put on the mask, this is the Riddler talking. When I put on the mask, I'm my true self. I'm free to be my true self. Yeah. And to do everything that I'm meant to do. So he's basically like acknowledging like that's your situation too. I get you. Like mm-hmm. when you are wearing that back cowl, that's the real you. Mm-hmm. Bruce Wayne isn't the real you, so I don't care to expose you. Yeah. And that is something that the Riddler has done, even like in the comics. Mm-hmm. Like the Riddler, it's been hinted at as a, as a matter of fact. I think in Hush, really, in the comic series Hush, yeah. It was hinted at that the Riddler actually knew his secret identity, but he didn't reveal it because of that reason. Mm-hmm. Like, he didn't want to because his true enemy was Batman, so he didn't want Batman to go away Yeah, by exposing him as Bruce Wayne. Um, but yeah, man, what a, what a great villain. What a great villain. I really, really love the Riddler. Um, Catwoman, she was pretty cool. I, I mean, I dug her story. They wove her in pretty well into the story. She's it, the, it was revealed that she's the daughter of yeah, Falcone. Falcone. Right. He it, didn't even know. Wait, did he know it? I think he did. I, I think he did, but like he kind of forgot. But huh. then he remembered when maybe when Catwoman actually told him. By the or way, maybe it just made sense to him that she could be his daughter. Who knows? Yeah. The whole thing of, like, Falcone was the rat. Yeah. And you know how Riddler said, once you once you capture the rat, you'll find me. Oh, yeah. So, basically, Batman captured Falcone mm-hmm. and then brought him outside. And then... And he told him, bring the rat out to the light. Yeah, yeah. And he was literally standing on the street light. Uh-huh. And Perfect then, for Riddler to snipe him out. Uh-huh. And then the penguin, <laughs> it, lo- it looked like the penguin was about to, like, shoot Falcone. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then a gunshot actually did come off, but it wasn't from the penguin. It's from the back of the head. Yeah. And then yep. Batman looked up and then saw a guy walking away from a sniper rifle mm-hmm. up at a window. And he kept his word. Mm-hmm. There he was at the coffee shop drinking his coffee, doing his little question mark art. Yeah, it, it was so funny when they when they were like arresting him, and he was like, "I just ordered a pumpkin," and then like oh, yeah. smashed his head against <laughs> yeah. the against the table. Yeah, that that was pretty cool. Um, I I almost feel like because they're now getting into like remember I was saying earlier like the similarities between Heath Ledger's Joker and and this Riddler. Mm-hmm. There were a lot of similarities, right? Like these people terrorized Gotham. Both of them did. Yeah. And, like, in pretty significant ways, yeah? Mm-hmm. Um, these people both outsmarted Batman. Both of these guys. Mm-hmm. They both turned themselves in. And that was on purpose, and it was in it to advance their plan. But I feel like this guy turned himself in 
and it actually made some sense. Yeah. Like, the whole Joker plot, and I, there's videos that have been done about this thing ad nauseum, like poking holes at the whole plot of the Riddler in, in the in the Dark Knight. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of things really depended on chance. Like, <laughs> what are the odds that this could have happened or that, that could have happened to all for all of it to work out the way that you hoped it would work out? It was all kind of like very convenient. Yeah. B- by the way, um, don't don't like try to cancel me. I did realize that my dad said that the Joker was in the Dark Knight. Don't worry. I mean that the Riddler was in the Dark Knight. Is is that what I said? Yeah, you you said the whole plot of the Riddler in the Dark Knight. Okay, listen, you know what, man? <laughs> I read a lot of Batman comics and watch a lot of Batman stuff. There's a, a bat soup in my head, okay? Okay. Jesus, this guy. Anyway, um, so there are similarities, but to me, the the plot of the of the Riddler made more sense in a way. Mm-hmm. Because it followed more of the track of like real life history, real life uh, serial killers. Yeah, like the Zodiac killer. Right, right. And so, like him giving himself up didn't feel like oh he needs to give himself up to like carry out the rest of his plan like the like the Joker did in, in mm-hmm. Dark Knight. No, like when he gave himself up, everything was done. Mm-hmm. Like he had everything in place, including the bombs being planted, including recruiting five hundred you know henchmen. Mm-hmm. Um, which we didn't see all of. Yeah, we only saw like a hundred. Right. Uh, talking about the henchmen, bro. We've seen henchmen like up and down Batman movies, you know. Yeah, but I don't. This think, was cool. I don't think that I've ever seen the henchmen mm-hmm. wear exactly the same thing, right. as their boss. Right. But I thought that that was such a cool way of doing it because he recruited them on social media, mm-hmm. right? Like they created this little community, and the community was like five hundred seven people. They, it was revealed that they were actually helping him, teaching him skills, how to make bombs, how to like use rifles in certain ways, how to do this or whatever. So it's like he created like an influencer community, Mm -hmm. which is terribly relevant to nowadays, you know, like we see that. Yeah, like someone could create like a terrorist like group of like serial killers like, like this guy did. Right. And, like, they became such believers in his cause that they joined them to the point that they were ready there on their, what they called the Judgment Day. Mm-hmm. They were ready to assassinate the new mayor, the new mayor-elect, mm-hmm. and to bring about this havoc, this chaos in Gotham City. Yeah, there was this one Riddler. I'm just going to call, like, all of the henchmen Riddlers because they basically are. Right. There was this one Riddler that Batman was about to kill. Like, he, there was, like, this, like, port in his armor, Mm -hmm. and he got, like, this kind of juice thing. It was adrenaline, probably. Yeah, adrenaline. Yeah. And then he, like, injected it in, and he was like, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And he was like, meow. And then, (laughs) (laughs) and then he was just, like, beating the crap out of that guy. Yeah. And then that's the guy who was like, I am the Riddler. I am the, not the knight. I am vengeance. Yeah. What? (laughs) Um, but yeah, that was, that was, uh. Man, that fight was crazy. Let's talk about Batman fights. So yeah. we had seen already in the trailers. We had we had already seen the the one with the thugs with the white paint f- face paint and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. We'd seen that one, you know, yeah, or like part of it at least. And we 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 knew that Batman was like going to be pretty brutal in this. Yeah, right. Um, so that that fight scene was cool, and he took on several of them, and then they kind of ran away and stuff. 
Um, and then we saw him get into a fight at the Iceberg Lounge, the club that the Penguin owns. That would be like scary if if I, I was know, if right? I was someone at the Iceberg Lounge. Yeah, and I was just like, "Hey, I'm vibing," and then <laughs> <laughs> and then I look behind me and I see some weirdo. Yeah, in with like ears, uh, bad ears, uh, a furry. <laughs> like <laughs> this this furry mm-hmm. beating up several other club members yeah. and then just like walking into the penguin's room yeah. with a jit pose. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that that fight was pretty crazy like along the stairs and stuff like that. But yo, that fight uh with the Riddler's henchmen? That was damn. insane. Like he went crazy in that fight. He was like swinging, he was coming at them from every direction like mm-hmm. That was Batman, Batman right there. Like they, it, it looked, were... it looked like like a fight from from an Arkham game, mm-hmm. where he's yeah. just like crazy jumping, hopping from person to person, and it actually looked believable in some weird way. Yeah, yeah, very very cool fight, man. Like he really, I, I thought that we had seen the the top of his fighting skills, but no, like that's ninja fight right there. Yeah, there sure. were. It looks like he connected some of the guys to cables. But there was, like, one guy, mm-hmm. one or two guys, that I'm pretty sure he threw over that railing oh, without sure. cables. Yeah, for sure. Um, he Did he did this Batman, you think, did this Batman have his do not kill rule? It seemed like he did. He has a do, he has a do not gun rule. I realized that I said for do sure. not gun. Yeah. Yes, he does. And did you catch on why? You catch on to why? I no. still think that that bat symbol, which was a batarang, yeah, it was. He can take realized, it out. Yeah, that was pretty cool. And use it like as a knife. You still think that that's made out of a gun? I think it's made out of a, a gun split in half and, and and opened up. And I think that that was the gun that killed his parents. How would he get a hold of that gun? Maybe the killer dropped it. It's possible. He wasn't there. Cool. When his parents were murdered. Oh, Bruce. Oh, wait, you're right. Yeah, he wasn't there. You're right. Maybe he wasn't. But ugh, come on, man. I still think, though. Is it, is, is this going to be your new headcanon? Yes, because it, but I have a theory for why. So, like, you know Kevin Smith? Yeah. He used to write comics. Mm-hmm. I think he still does sometimes. And he wrote he wrote some Batman some Batman comics for for a while. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that he wrote that he like introduced into the canon was that Batman took the gun from Joe Chill, like dude who met her, murdered his parents, and he melted the steel, and he created it. He created like the bat symbol out of it, mm-hmm. like the metal bat yeah. symbol on his chest. That seems like. It's just too much of a coincidence that the thing looks like like a like a gun split in half, like the gun hilt split in half. Mm. Dang it, Joshua! Honestly, man, he wasn't there. I thought. How would he have gotten li- but listen, hold of another it? reason why I thought this is because when he had this obsession with like no guns, no guns. Why no guns? <clears throat> because that's how his parents were murdered. Yeah, and he 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 believes in that so much that he put it in his freaking chest. Although, I'm just saying. Although he has the no gun rule, uh-huh. I'm not necessarily sure if he has the no kill rule. That's what I'm not sure he has. I don't. I don't think he's as obsessed with like don't kill because if he's threatened enough, mm-hmm. he'll do what he needs to do. I think. Like that one guy 
that in the trailer, yeah, he definitely has severe brain damage. And like, if 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 that guy gets another hit to the head, he's dead. He did stop Selena from killing Falcone, though. That's true, but I think that was because he realized that like Selena was like just blinded in rage. He also did save uh, that dude, that corrupt cop that Selena was trying to. That almost she almost kicked off the building. He didn't have to save that dude. He could have just been like, eh, not worth the effort. Let, that, let yeah, him drop. That's true. I don't know, man. Okay, car scene. You picked what I think is one of the worst moments in the movie to go pee. To go to the bathroom. I Yeah, I probably did. My but guy. I, but I thought it, I, I, I picked that, I picked that moment because I thought that it was just going to be like, I, I knew that it was going to be a really epic car scene. Shame on you. But it's just that like. I How knew. Could you I knew that moment, it would. I knew that it would just be a car chase. So dude, I knew that it's a Batmobile. Ch- First of all, a shootout breaks out outside of that warehouse or whatever where the penguins like bagging his drugs. Mm-hmm. And then in the middle of this shootout, Batman goes and walks into the alley where he parked his, his car. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly, as the shootout is like winding down, they start hearing. <laughs> This crazy engine sound that sounds like if there's a monster in a freaking alley. Which, by the way, I think is awesome detail. Like, he he even made his car sound intimidating. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, it's a beast. And, like, the fire is coming out of the... Like, come on. How do you pick that moment to be like... I'm going to yeah, need to watch that this movie This is when again. I need to urinate. I'm definitely going to watch that movie again. You need to watch that movie again. Definitely. I mean, there. I, mean, are, I do too. There's a list of movies that we're going that we're that we are no doubt going to buy when mm-hmm. they come onto digital. Sure. This is one of them. For sure, I will tattoo the film strip of this movie into my whole body. Okay. That's well, a little, it's a little extreme. Well, um, but anyway, bro, that car scene. Holy cow! My God, that was insanity. Yeah. And like, if they, it had like this weird like weight to it, it felt very real. Partly because they went, they went into a freaking highway yeah. in Gotham City, like in the middle of traffic, mm-hmm. a whole mess of pedestrians of, of citizens just driving on the way home or whatever. That that kind of reminds me of in Arkham Knight, uh-huh. where um, unlike Arkham City, yeah, there are still innocent people left. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. So like I I like I have to feel sorry for the people that I accidentally hit while I'm in the Batmobile. <laughs> yeah. Like not all of them are criminals. Right. Yeah, yeah. Uh but yeah, this thing was crazy, man. Tons of tons of people, like trucks, cars, everything in the on the road and and I got to imagine like somebody must have died in 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 that crazy car chase cause, Yeah. Cuz they were the penguin wasn't holding back. Batman didn't seem like he was holding back much. But yeah, what an awesome uh, chase scene, man! That was really, really cool. I feel um, like it was really cool how um, when he was when they were at the um, church thing, yeah, like paying respects to the old uh, corrupt mayor. Yeah, um, he he spe- uh, Bruce Wayne specifically saved that um, that kid. The mayor's kid. The oh, orphan. yeah, yeah, yeah. That was really cool. And he didn't have to say anything, but you knew what was going through his mind. You knew yeah. what he was feeling, right? It's like, here's the story, my story repeated again. Mm-hmm. And um, especially because he found his parents' dead, which that's also part of what led me to believe that he was present somehow in his parents' death. 
because well, because it hit him really hard that that kid was the one that found his dad's dead body. Yeah. So maybe he wasn't there when they were killed, but he may have been there when 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 he may have been the one to find them. Yeah. Maybe. Also, Alfred did tell him at one point, like, this wasn't your fault. You were just a child. Mm-hmm. So it's it's almost interesting. Like, this is the first time that I ever find myself actually curious to know how it is that the Waynes died. Yeah. I, I also just realized mm-hmm. that that scene is the beginning where it looks like a red assassin yeah. is, like, killing a dude. Mm-hmm. I just realized that that was the son right. playing with his dad. Yeah, because it was Halloween night. Yeah. In uh, the costume. Yeah. Yeah. Um... Yeah, very, very cool. Um, Should we get to, like, what we really want to talk about? Come on, man. Should we? Come on. All right, hold on. What did you think of the song? Huh? The Batman theme that kept on repeating the music. I don't remember it. Please hold. The... The, the theme song yeah yeah was yeah. written by Michael Giacchino dun, composed by Michael Giacchino dun, 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 dun. Dun. and it, and it comes so many times throughout the movie and mm. it, like, like it's really well used I liked it mm. it just added to like the suspense it's kind of like a little little bit of a, like a cowboy feel to it like yeah it, it seems like it would it. be in a Mandalorian Boba Fett thing yeah yeah now, before we get to the point that you want to talk about, I also like the fact that they established something related to the Waynes and the Arkhams. Mm-hmm. Um, Martha Wayne being originally part of the Arkham family. Yeah. Like the descendants of the Arkhams. And the Waynes, uh, both families who kind of like established Gotham City. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel that that's important because as the story progresses within this new Batman world... You have a lot of stuff that you can pull from there. Yeah. In the comics, they use that a ton. Like, the whole, like, secret history of Gotham and how these two families were, like, there's a lot more than meets the eye to them. Mm-hmm. Um, like, you see kind of, you see it kind of explored in the Arkham games with uh, Je- Jeremiah Arkham or whatever. A- Amadeus Arkham. Amadeus, yeah. Amadeus yeah. Arkham. Uh-huh. And you see how he has, like, all these, you know, secrets and all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. If this thing ever heads in the direction of the he established of, Arkham Asylum in those games. He did, yeah. Um, if this thing ever go, heads in the direction of the Court of Owls, for example. Mm-hmm. Mm, really interesting. Did the Arkham family have to do with the Court of Owls? All the powerful families in Gotham did. Really? Yeah. Even the Waynes family? Uh, yeah, that's, I believe that was part of that story. Oh. Yeah, so there's um there's a lot of potential. I could see a lot of Batman villains being a really good fit for this world of, of this Gotham City. Like, yeah, I could see like uh, Professor Pig. I could see the Dollmaker. I could see the Mad Hatter. I, I feel could like see... really twisted villains would work. Yeah, in this universe exactly. Um, Scarecrow, like a, a more accurate version of Scarecrow. Mm-hmm. Man, you imagine that. Yeah, like, in, oh. instead of, like, instead of killing his victims, maybe, like, once or a while he, he kills his victims. Right. But he he injects them mm-hmm. with fear toxin, and he just, like, leaves them, like, paralyzed, trapped in their in oh their, God, ba- in yes. their greatest fear. Heck, yeah. Um, I mean, we, that would be horrible we, to be in, but... We heard Catwoman saying that she was going to head upstate, possibly Bloodhaven. Yeah. Bloodhaven is the city that Nightwing, Nightwing ends up protecting. Uh, now, of course, if there would ever be like Robins introduced into this thing, it would 
have to kind of like be in the future because he's still pretty new into the game. Yeah, doesn't the, doesn't he get like thing. Robin like ten years into being Batman or something? I'm not sure. There's like an established time to be honest, but yeah, that it, would take some time to establish, and I hope they don't rush through something like that. It would be really interesting because the second Robin, Jason Todd, mm-hmm. for for that story to happen, mm-hmm. there would need to be a Joker. Yes. And oh, you just keep on trying to take it back to this. Hold and, on, hold on. But wait, wait, wait. But Duke, is, we have to talk but, about. Okay, it. fine. Let's get to that. We're probably gonna have to do like a second part for this thing because there's so much. Yes. So when uh, when Riddler is at Arkham Asylum and he's all like disappointed that Batman didn't like you know figure things out or whatever. Yeah. And, and then he, his thugs were stopped. And he's like crying, feeling sorry for himself. This guy keeps on talking. He's like, yeah. "Don't be sad." You did great. <laughs> That's how life is. You know, at one point you're on top, the next you you're feel a clown. like a clown. And mm. then uh, And then he does gives him a riddle. He does. Yeah. What he, is the riddle? I forget. He's like, you know, what is one thing that like you can never you can never have too much of and you something, 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 and then the Riddler thinks about it, he's like, a friend. For a friend. And then they start laughing, but that dude's laugh. That dude's laugh is kind of sus. Pretty iconic. And the silhouette, the hair, and the, the nose. The hair, I, and that smile looks like it's it's going pretty far. That that oh. looks like a very unnatural smile. Oh. His skin seems pretty pale. Dude, what do you think of this? What do you think of that? The freaking Joker. <laughs> the Joker. <laughs> That's exactly what it seems like, man. Yeah. I mean, the silhouette looked like him. The hair looked like it. The nose looked like it. The the mouth looks like it. Yeah, and very interesting that they got uh, an actor who is now, you know, well known, Barry Keegan, who is the guy who played one of the Eternals, the guy who can control people's minds. Yeah. They had that guy play that character. Mm-hmm. Why would they have some dude who is a well-known name and pay him the money that he must have gotten paid just for that one little scene? Unless you have plans. Unless he's going to be the main, one of the main mm-hmm. characters of another movie. Oh yeah, dude, that was that was surprising. I got to be honest. I didn't I didn't need the I didn't need the Joker in this yet. Like I, the Riddler did such an amazing job that I don't feel like I needed the Joker, but I'm not mad about getting him. Mm-hmm. Or about hinting at him. Because we couldn't tell because of the shadows. Like, is that him already in the Joker persona? Or is he going to become the Joker? Who knows? I can't wait to find out. But, man, this movie was freaking awesome. One last thing. Uh-huh. When I first saw Edward Nashton... Nashton? Nashton, yeah. Yeah, Edward Nashton's face. Mm-hmm. I couldn't help but laugh. This guy. Like, all of those, like... <laughs> Like, seriously, like, messed up, like, horrific murders and disturbing videos. Yeah. And all of that leads to, I was just ordering a pumpkin pie. (laughs) (laughs) An accountant. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, man. Um, Especially that creepy smile when when he was, like, being arrested. Yeah. And then he sees Batman outside the window. Oh, yeah, big, big smile. And then he just, like, smiles at him. Yeah. And that's when you know that that it's the right guy. Right. Star rating. Out of five stars, what do you give this thing? Six. Come on, man. Out of five stars. Five. Yeah? Yeah. No no doubts in your mind? Five. Yeah, I give this thing five stars, too. Yeah. I mean, come on. It it was a three-hour-long movie, and I'm ready to spend, like, another two or three 
sets of three hours to rewatch it. Yeah. I'm ready. This is like No Way Home. Yeah. Yeah. In a very different way, right? Because it's a totally different hero movie. Yeah. But my God, is it up there. Like, this is top notch, like top three all-time Batman movies. Awesome. Yeah, awesome, I'm very awesome lucky that I didn't choose this movie for my birthday party. Yes, that would have been a bit weird. Yeah. Yeah, all these little little kids seeing a serial killer on screen, you know, yeah. doing his thing. Uncharted is a better. Yeah. Thing. Which, by the way, we'll be reviewing Uncharted for Joshua's birthday. He, we're renting out a theater and we're getting a bunch of his little jit friends in there, and the, okay. uh, we will be reviewing Uncharted after we watch that late in March. So stay yeah. tuned for that. Yeah. Thank you all for hanging out with us as we review The Batman. We hope once you watch this movie that you enjoy it as much as we enjoyed it. Remember, for all things Geekology 101, you can hit us up on our website. That's geekology101.com. There you can learn about us. You can learn about the podcast. You can uh, purchase some of our merch. And if you scroll down to the bottom, you'll find the contact form. If you want to join the conversation, you can hit us up through that form. Or if you prefer more traditional means, you can hit us up at g101podcast at gmail.com. We will catch you guys in the next episode. I am vengeance. I am emo. Then neutralize. Game over.